welcome back to the one where I met your mother, a podcast about friends and how I met your mother. I'm David. I'm Natalie. How are you doing, Natalie? I'm doing good. Um, we're having a relaxing afternoon. We're still in vacation mode still, to yeah. timestamp this record. Uh, yeah, well, there's no more like um, timestamp thing we were doing early on or, or, or not as like the episodes aren't as dated as we were doing sure. early on. Now we're yeah. actually recording the week that things come out for the most part. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're up to date. Up to date. Um, having a relaxing day. Yeah, we're uh, we're in we're on vacation, but in between actual mini trips, so we're just home, just like nothing to do all day except watch TV and podcast. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice. It's very nice. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, How are you doing? I just said I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I think the, I think the listeners caught up. Okay. <laughs> and, I just wanted to give you an opportunity. Uh, yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm also enjoying myself today, enjoying your company and that of our pets. Yeah, they're pretty cute. They're, yeah. But which one's the cute one is the question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But here, what we're going to do today uh, is we're going to talk about season one, episode 16 of both shows, Friends and How I Met Your Mother. We're going to start with season one episode 16 of friends which is called the one with two parts part one did i get that right yep i did yep okay uh so i'll the first thought that i had the first thing i noticed this was a different yeah the one with two parts part one uh i don't i didn't doubt you i was just in the middle of, uh so we open not at Central Park. Mm-hmm. We open at a place right. that I've already forgotten the name of. They say it. Riffs. Riffs. A place that looks very much like McLaren's, yeah. by the way. And it was the first thing I thought in terms of like where they were sitting in relative, relative to the bar. Yeah. I guess bars kind of... There's a look for bars. There's a look. <laughs> like, there's a... Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, we get... It, but it's just Joey and... Chandler. Chandler. Uh, I'll learn all the characters' yeah. names by the. I promise by the end of season ten of Friends, I'll be able to just say which character I mean. I do uh, the same thing. Thought of, think about it. Yeah. Uh, so Joey and Chandler are at Riffs, and they see who they think is Phoebe. Uh, we'll later find out that it's uh, Ursula, Ursula, Phoebe's twin sister. More now, on do, that. Later. You knew that there was Ursula. Uh, I remember that there was Ursula because. My parents were big Mad About You watchers. Mm -hmm. And so I know that Ursula was a character on Mad About You. Like, Lisa Kudrow played Ursula on Mad About You before she got cast. Yes, yes. And then they sort of retconned that this is Phoebe's twin sister. Yeah. Um, Which is why Helen Hunt and uh, I wrote down the woman who played Fran on Mad About You, her name, uh, Lila Kenzie. That's why they show up later in the episode. That's fun. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, so first off, not yeah, non Central Park opening, and then did you notice uh, new opening title sequence? Yes, yes, yeah, I did clips, notice that. Which makes me wonder, I like because uh, this season is twenty four episodes, and I feel like pretty soon after this, the standard for a network comedy or broadcast or, or network sorry a network comedy or drama would be 22 huh. and the way that a new season like a first season show would 
uh, as long as it's not a mid-season replacement, like a new fall show, they would order, they were like, okay, we're picking up this pilot for 13 episodes, and then you would hope to get pick up for, picked up for a back nine. What I'm guessing this means, because this is episode 16, they maybe originally got picked up for 15 episodes, and then got the back nine, so this would be the mm. second order. That's why there's a new... This is me being insider, like yeah, yeah, uh, how I TV, I don't pay first season TV that. shows work. But I, my, my guess is the original order based on the pilot must have been for 15 episodes. And then the show did well enough that they got a back nine. And uh, that's why we have a new open title sequence for episode 16. That Interesting is my theory. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, all right. So then we get to everyone hanging out at the park finally everyone's at the park finally marcel's having or marcel uh yeah. ross is having monkey problems <laughs> marcel problems that yeah. fucking monkey i hate it yeah you hate talk of marcel you hate yeah seeing marcel yeah, yeah. Um, and we've talked about animal actors don't like it yeah they're probably uh, uh, uh abused um here's what else is new for the back nine New opening title sequence. Also, new haircut for Monica. Yeah, not a fan. <laughs> it looked yeah, like a wig. It, like it was a it was a big. It was kind of like bouffanty on the top. Height. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're not doing her any favors. I feel bad for her in this, but you know, this it's a time capsule. So this was probably a cute look. Do you think so? I don't. Th- it, 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 I don't know. I mean, I mean maybe she's a very attractive woman. I would find it hard to make her look unattractive. But it's still... It's, Even she can be attractive and have a stupid haircut. Yeah. I think... I would argue that, like, they kind of all have stupid haircuts at some point. I, I, to me, there's a difference between, like, they all have dated haircuts. Yeah. But Monica's in this episode... I think I would have found it stupid at the time because it feels like it's like a 60s, like you mentioned Buffon, like it's like a 60s throwback, but she's not doing, that's not her whole look. You know what I mean? She's not like the Dandy Warhols or whatever, like doing a 60s throwback look. It's just the hair and it looks weird. But she doesn't want to like, even when you do like a, a 60s throwback hairstyle or an outfit, you don't have to do a whole you know cosplay you don't have to do the full thing you could just have like a slight nod to something and that be the only okay it's okay. bad i don't think it's I, as bad as you think but i think it would have it would have been more ostentatious but it would have looked better if she were pairing that haircut with like <laughs> like one of the backup dancers from austin powers <laughs> you know like the, you know those those like sleeveless dresses from yes, the 60s what are those called they're called shifts a shift yeah. yeah okay if she had paired it with that it would have been like okay she's going for a look and i like it but it like it felt like she was uh, I, I don't know like she had just tried on a wig alone in the costume shop and everything else was still 1995 or okay yeah okay uh, I'm, I'm overthinking it um I liked, uh, this isn't quite funniest moment here, but, uh, Joey and Chandler come in and they're like, guess who we saw? And Phoebe just starts like naming people. Yeah. Liam, Liam Neeson, Morley Safer, uh, the girl who hairdresser. Cuts- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that really made me laugh. Um, which we do that sometimes. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I mean, do. uh, if you, I'm not, look, I'm not here to plug the battleship retention Patreon. But, you uh, should. Uh, at patreon.com slash Battleship Retention. If you want to support my other podcast, Battleship Retention, you can listen to me and Tyler. And we occasionally, pre 
COVID, when we were actually leaving our homes and seeing people, would do the celebrity setting guessing game on the on the Patreon, and it's like surprisingly fun yeah no it's um, very fun we yeah we do that too oh yeah but um, we don't see celebrities anymore because we we're, don't see celebrities yeah it's still still the pandemic I wouldn't we're still see uh, celebrities yeah as uh garrett said on superstore it's still mid pando mid pando um uh so then we get but then they're like no we saw your sister ursula which is weird that we never saw the scene of them like figuring out oh this isn't phoebe we just cut straight to them coming in and like yeah joey thinks she's hot yeah they're like looking at her through the window yeah and joey's like yeah phoebe's phoebe but ursula's hot which is funny um but then phoebe is like is she fat which is like Ugh, yeah so frenzy so, so frenzy fat phobia yeah um you know that was one of the motifs that unfortunately comes up yeah well um speaking of it doesn't seem like something that phoebe would go to you know because phoebe's not mean-spirited but i guess this is go this is going to say like she really hates ursula her sister you know so she's willing to do like a low blow and she regresses to like childhood you know she's mad about her jetsons thermos yes yeah yeah, so I guess it makes sense, but it's still mean. Uh, speaking of unfortunate trends on Friends, Friends Trends. Um, <laughs> New Ro- segment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Ross attends a Lamaze class with Carol and Susan and has trouble explaining their dynamic to the yeah. teachers, to the, to the laws teacher and the rest of the students, which yeah. is like, um, it's weirdly dated that like uh, maybe... I mean, this is 25, no, 26 years ago at this point. I feel like if I were in a class and I saw that dynamic, it wouldn't, I would in my head go like, oh, okay. You almost wouldn't need it explained. Yeah, it's so like regressive to think that they need to be like, okay, explain your relationships, how this relates to the baby, you know, like. Yeah, but he's like, so I'm the biological father and this is Carol and Susan is her, and he can't like say, Partner, partner or wife well they're not married are they I no don't i don't married. think so partner well, uh, yeah uh, no they're not married he, yeah um he like he can't even spit it out yeah and it's like if i were also in that class i'd be like but again I, i'm sitting here with 2021 20, eyes and it would it just seems like it would seem very obvious um but we that's not the worst as awful as Ross is as awful as Joey. All the men are bad in this episode. Mm-hmm. Chandler is the worst oh, yeah. in this episode. Yeah, predator. Um, not just a predator, but yeah, we'll get we'll get to it. But uh, we get we're back to the the office. The return of the weenus. I made it. I, I, it made me laugh mm-hmm. again. Weenus yep. still yep. makes me laugh. Um, and then he's uh, uh, Chandler is like dating. His someone who like reports under, to him, an underling, an underling. Yeah, hey, yeah. Um, uh, named Nina. He's in the and role to be able to like fire her or give her raises. Therefore, as we find out, yeah. you should not date her or don't dip your pen in the company ink. As they, that's what discuss. Ross says. Yeah. Which again is weird because Ross was just dating a coworker last week, but it gets two worse. Weeks ago, also, but, oh. Spoiler. Okay. Yeah. See, oh, oh, by the way, I didn't tell you, we had some feedback that oh. uh, at least one listener very oh, much right. likes when we yes. tease okay. yeah. uh, no, future I already, development. I already admitted that I was wrong. But I also just wanted to, 
You always, because you don't check any of our email or comments, yeah. or obviously when people tweet me, you don't, so you always want me to tell you. So sometimes I forget and I have to tell you on the podcast. Yeah, maybe. Because uh, someone else also, a uh, uh, long-time listener, I mean, this episode, this show has been going for 16 weeks, but a uh, long-time Battleship Retention listener, Yuhani, also, uh, when I talked last week about Neil Patrick Harris um, calling out a guest star, um a future guest star of I Met Your Mother on, on Twitter. Uh, he also directed me to an interview where Neil Patrick Harris, as much as I want to like the guy, said some uh, pretty rude things about Jason Mewes. You know? Oh, <laughs> Jay yeah. from Jalen's Town and Bob? Yeah. That he, like, wasn't an actor, that he was just some, like, drugged-out friend of Kevin Smith's. It was, like, really Ooh. rude stuff. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um, but, uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I like to, you know, see warts and all stuff. Anyway, back to the... Uh, yeah, Ross was just dating a coworker, but I guess he she wasn't she was a peer, not Nina. an underling. So Nina is her name. No, that's Chandler's. Oh yes, I'm yes, saying yes. Ross was just oh yes, just yes. took a coworker Sorry. to Benihana, and he's the one saying don't dip your pen in the company yes, ink. Yes, but as you said, Karen, I want to say was her name uh, uh, from the museum in the, in that episode where they went to Benihana. Um, I don't remember what her name is, but they were peers. Yes, she did not answer to him. That's yes. the difference here. Okay, yeah. I get that. Uh, we get more Spanish TV, which goes back to like the first episode of them like watching yeah. uh, TV in Spanish. This time it's an accident because Marcel hits the Spanish button and they're all so dumb they can't figure out a TV remote. Like Monica yeah. is literally like has to dig out the yeah. manual, which I actually liked that touch because I believe that Mon- Monica is the type of person who keeps the manual her to yeah. her television. There's a drawer, yeah. Um, you, I, I keep the manual to our television, but also televisions are more complex now than they. Yeah, we have a smart TV, so uh, supposed to be. Insert joke about it not being smart. Yeah, it's a pretty dumb TV, but uh, yeah, they're watching Family Matters in in Spanish. Um, uh, I can't remember what else happens in that episode, but oh, that's uh, in that scene. That's the scene where uh, Joey asks Phoebe if it's okay. Yes. If. Um, um, she dates, or if he uh, dates um, Ursula, I forgot her name. Yeah. Which uh, led to another one of my funniest lines. It's not my funniest line, so I don't know, but I don't want to step on it if it's if it's yours. Oh, I think uh, it is. Okay, so I won't say it. I won't say it. Uh, if not, I'll say it. I later. have a few, but you, um, you can take it. No, no, no. We should save it for the, the segment. Uh, and then we... Um, we meet uh, Chandler's boss, played by Dorian Wilson, okay. whom I recognized, and I realized he was... Do you remember the Sein- the Seinfeld episode? Yes. It feels like every time we recognize someone yeah, from Friends, like, it's like, oh, they were on Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, the Seinfeld episode where George joins the Big Brother program, the guy he answers to, the like He's director like of the, the Big dir- Brother okay. uh, program. He's like the, um, the Jane Lynch... <laughs> in role, role models. models. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, George, like, lies that he has to go to Paris to get out of being a big brother, but yes. then it turns out that yes. Dorian Wilson's character is like, that's great, you can take him to see his grandmother in Paris or whatever. Yes. <laughs> so he actually has to go to Paris with a little kid. Yes. Uh, and uh, But the funniest part of this scene is we've heard about the Weenus, which is the weekly... That was one uh, of mine as well. Report. Yeah, here we hear about the annual report, and, and then he says, this is the worst anus I've seen since 1970 <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Which got me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dorian Wilson. Is that his name? Dorian, Dorian Wilson is the actor. Yeah, yeah. He was r- real good. Yes. Very funny. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the uh, unfortunate, um, 
the result of having such a bad anus at work is that Chandler's going to have to fire someone, and it turns out that someone is Nina. And immediately, like, the idea of a character being put in the position to have to fire someone, and I am, the, as the viewer, am supposed to sympathize with him, him? Yeah. not the person being fired. Yeah. That was already weird. But I guess, like, um, I guess I remember that, like, in 1995, like, the economy was good, and maybe being fired wasn't, like, the end of the as yeah. uh, much of an existential crisis as it feels like to me now. Right. But um, it's still, uh, it still rubbed me the wrong way. Um, <laughs> but, like, what he does is so much worse than just um, not firing her and deceiving her and maintaining a relationship with and then like gaslight yeah he gaslights you know her and tells everyone in the office that she's insane and he was gonna send her um psychiatric profile to personnel which that can't happen yeah it would never happen in any you know in any stretch of the imagination (laughs) yeah um yeah he to to avoid the awkwardness of firing her, yeah. he asks her on a date and then, like, tells her she's getting a raise. Yeah. And, like, the fact that Chandler is not fired by the end of the episode, I think, again, shows that comedy writers don't know what it's like to work in an office. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Chandler should absolutely have been fired. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mentioned Helen Hunt and Lila Kenzie come in as their characters from Mad About You. They come into Central Perk. And they try to order from Phoebe because they think it's Ursula. Um, I thought that was a funny bit. The, yeah. I- the idea that Phoebe has no idea what they're talking about only cements in their mind. Like, yep, that's her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a funny bit. That was funny. Um, we get the return of Larry Hankin. But was it also weird when Helen Hunt, like, just, you don't walk into a coffee shop and the first person you see, or even if you thought it was a server, you don't just, like, start naming off what you want to order like there's a decorum right like, you, have to, like, be you seated sit down first. or you go to the counter, the counter yeah. you don't just ask a person who you think is an employee what you want but I guess in this world I guess so yeah that's a good point <laughs> yeah. because like if if Phoebe were the waitress or if they'd ordered from Rachel she'd be like okay like where do what I bring can I get you but or... also even once I place an order it'd be like where do I bring it you're standing in the They're doorway standing like in the why doorway. don't you find a place I haven't to even sit. like walked inside we'll have two cappuccinos and a muffin like yeah. that doesn't yeah we have numbered tables that the wait staff right. use to know right. where to bring things you know the idea of a restaurant <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good point yeah <laughs> uh, we get the return of Larry Hankin as the downstairs neighbor Mr. Heckle yep complaining um, heckling uh, yeah, yeah, Hecklin. Yeah, uh, which, if you're counting, makes uh, once again two future Breaking Bad guest stars because Susan would be Gretchen on right. Breaking Bad, and he yes. was uh, Joe right. on on Breaking Bad. Um, uh, where was I? I? I've jumped all over the place. Uh, Joey's like, I I talked about how the difference of how like how quickly they started to like humanize Joey on this show as opposed to Barney, like not being human as much on how many mother, but it still seems to go back and forth because like Joey's like massive cluelessness to the point of insensitivity was like kind of irking me in this episode. Like, are you really like so oblivious that you don't 
see that this is hurting your friend Phoebe. Like he, he was just so clueless about it. And the fact yeah. that he like buys Ursula a present and then asks Phoebe to like try it well, on to see if it fits. It's like, that was also inconceivable to me that he would like, they've only been supposedly dating for a week. Like how much dating can you do in a week enough to like buy her an article of clothing? That was just like, so not Joey. Everything that we know about but, Joey. But I, I see, I thought that was intentional. Like Joey's not used to actually falling for the women he dates. And so this was supposed to indicate that he's actually this like is different this time. He's not used to having an emotional right. connection. So yeah. maybe he is going too far too fast. Yeah. That, that made sense. He was played like way too fun. aloof, but there's a part two. Well, we'll find out in uh, a minute about that. Uh, back to the Lamaze class. Um, I, there was a brief moment that I really laughed at when, uh, they're sitting there watching like a video of someone giving birth. Mm -hmm. Did you notice where Ross's hand was? He just had the fake baby sitting down and he was just like resting his hand on top of the baby's head. head. Like it was a hand, like it was like a stool or something. (laughs) That made me laugh. Well, he's like manhandling the baby. (laughs) And then he tries to pretend it's a football and Susan's not having it. Um, yeah, the, the Carol and Susan are uh, saints. Like for putting up with him. Yeah, they put up yeah. with him way more than they need to. Yeah. Um, and like, cause yeah, to, like what the, we, I skipped over to the Lamaze class that that um, Carol can even make it to, so he and Susan have to like, you know, and they're both the what's the word they use? N- not the mother, but the coach what are they i can't remember what yeah. word they I used um partner coach partner or uh, something yeah. like that yeah. but so they're both that so they have to figure out who's gonna pretend to be the mother and he's like i'm gonna play the sperm card one more time and like i don't know it's like can't you i i guess i guess i understand that it hurts that he loved this woman right um and she left him for someone else but it also feels like he's being he's he's way too slow to just like accept adapt yeah yeah adapt accept the the situation he's being petulant to susan yeah but then uh i i guess he also like sees susan as being he probably blames susan even though it's not it's not right for him to probably carol has chosen susan as her partner but i also understand like if it were, if Susan were a man and, and Carol had left him for another man, it would be it would, the same. It would be the same. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, look how I he, kind of understand. Look how he responded to Paolo. Like we know Paolo is a dick, but like and Rachel wasn't even his partner. And, like exactly. even his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Susan never, um, is not exasperated by Ross, you know, Carol kind of is like, Oh, you know, like give him the benefit. You know, she's like more willing yeah. to overlook some of his, yeah. Um, antics. Yeah. Um, I did like the one uh, I know we talked about it earlier in the season when Ross is at. I like when Ross and Susan are together without Carol. It's funny because yeah. when Ross is at their apartment waiting for Carol, and he's like, "You guys have a lot of books about being a lesbian," <laughs> and Susan's like, "Well, they make you take a test." That was a, a, fu- a funny line that I still remember. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, and then Ross has kind of a a, a, a freak out when he realizes. Like, he knew he was going to be a dad, but he realizes, like, oh, it's like a permanent position. This isn't, like, something... Sorry for the helicopter. Um, this isn't uh, something that's going to happen to me once. This is a permanent position. He says, um, I realized I was going to have a baby. I didn't realize the baby was going to have me, which felt like 
intentionally or unintentionally a John Lennon reference, right? Mother, oh, yes. you had me, but yes. I never had you. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that, that's the first thing that made me think of. Um, anyway, and then we end with, uh, a big broad bit of comedy where um, it's paid off that because here it's March and uh, Rachel never took on the Christmas lights even though it was her job. Yeah. So she takes on the Christmas lights in the snow which is a reminder that you know here in Los Angeles in March we're like should we throw a barbecue? In New York City it's yeah. like still snowing. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then she like falls off the roof and is dangling outside Mr. Heckle's apartment. Yeah, uh, love it. Who's reading the New York Post? I I didn't mind it. It was very broad, but I thought very, it was funny. Yeah, slapsticky. Um, did you have any other stray observations before we move on to um, funniest moments? Well, Nina, like they they end up not doing any you know service to her because she ends up actually being kind of psychotic, right? Because she staples his hand. Oh, see, I thought that was. Warranted. <laughs> Absolutely, it's yeah. warranted. But I guess it's just like. But she did get fired. Yeah. She did get fired, and she was so upset that she stapled Chandler's hand to the desk. Yeah. Again, I serves him right. Yeah. I hope he. He deserved worse. Tetanus. Exactly. So do I. He drops dead. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, funniest moments. Um, can I can I go first? Yes. Well, I know one of yours because we kind of teased it. I think. Yeah. But the one that I put down. <laughs> So I mentioned they were watching Family Matters in Spanish, but it's a running thing. They're watching things in Spanish, including they watch Laverne E. Shirley. Yeah. And you hear the uh, the opening, the the theme song of Laverne and Shirley in Spanish. And I laughed at House and Pfeffer Incorporado. <laughs> that wasn't mine, but that is very funny. That is very funny. Uh, what's yours? Um, well, when Joey is asking if it would be okay if he dates Ursula, she just says, why? Like in a right. very straightforward, and he's like, so if we went on a date, she'd be there. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny, the delivery of it. Um, also, the um, we haven't seen an anus of spit since the 70s really got me. Yeah. Um, also, when, at the beginning, in the opening scene... Ross is saying like, oh, I got to go. I have Lamaze class um, at three or whatever. And then Chandler makes a dumb joke about, um, I've got earth science later, but um, I'll see you in, I'll catch you in the gym. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just funny. Um, Yeah. Chandler is the funny one, I guess. Um, Let's do friends would make it fashion. I have um, one that kind of weird, like I was disappointed because Ross is like so discombobulated about the Lamaze class that he, when he goes to grab a jacket to leave Central Perk, he accidentally grabs Monica's jacket. And for a second... Rachel's jacket, I think. Was it? Oh, I wrote Monica's, but oh, yeah, okay. maybe you're right. Either way, um, uh, I was disappointed for a second because as he started to put it on, I was like, oh, cool jacket, Ross. Yeah. But it turned out it wasn't his. But also, Monica or Rachel, that jacket seemed to fit Ross way too well for... Ross yeah. is like David Schumer's like a it was big probably like guy. an oversized yeah, sweater. Right. Yeah. Um, um, and so I thought that was that's a a half of one. I also but I did like in the the scene where Phoebe finally is like you know, comes clean about why she feels the way she does about Ursula. Um 
it's a very like vulnerable scene for her and she's wearing this speaking of oversized because a lot of oversized sweaters especially on phoebe uh she's got this like blue and white oversized sweater that kind of like looked cool but also like it looked we've talked about the fashions on friends sometimes being a bit junior like it in this vulnerable moment i think it really by having an oversized sweater it made her look like more of a little kid which is what Mm. she was bringing back to i thought it was a nice moment of of costuming yeah um the ursula's birthday sweater that joey buys is not cute um yeah but what i did like uh was i don't know if you noticed rachel's um peter pan collar blue no it was like long sleeve peter pan collar um i really like that a lot rachel I, I failed to mention that rachel didn't have anything to do in this episode that's true yeah she really didn't um yeah she had um she had a few oh except dangle from the balcony <laughs> right that was her storyline was, was taking story down that. but she did have a couple funny lines about when um uh, Ross is complaining about Marcel. He's like, he keeps erasing my answering machine tapes, supposedly on accident. Yeah. She's like, oh, I've done that. And he, keep, and he keeps peeing on the crossword puzzle. Yeah. I haven't done that. I haven't done that. <laughs> um, there was also, I noticed, so Phoebe has a leather, like, um, kind of romper type, or like a overall type outfit. And then in the same scene, Joey also has a black leather jacket so yeah. you know how I like notice little consistencies yeah. like if one person is going to wear yeah. a de- denim vest a few of them are going to wear denim vests yeah so you mentioned that last week I don't yeah. know if that's just like a little costume yeah I don't know um here's something I thought of that I didn't write down but it's occurring to me now in the uh oh yeah I gave the whole recap I forgot to give like the cliffhanger because I had it kind of marked down for um, similarities and differences but there's a cliffhanger where Phoebe and Ursula finally come face to face but fashion wise in that moment I realized like Phoebe and Lisa Kudrow is very beautiful but Phoebe is not like a sexy dresser and it was like really stark indifference to see her like look very like post-coital sexy as Ursula wearing like joey's shirt that's like unbuttoned there's like a little bit of cleavage it was like it reminded me of like um the because you and i always just talk about seinfeld but when like uh uh they try to get elaine to like distract russell dalrymple and she's like wearing like the low-cut dress and it's like because like that's the same thing like julie louis dreyfus is beautiful but seinfeld rarely ever that show rarely rarely ever dressed her like in a sexy yeah uh way and so i i had a flashback to the to to julie louis dreyfus i guess yeah her her cleavage and lisa kudra's cleavage that is funny because like we all know that elaine is sexy we all know that phoebe is sexy they're both beautiful but yeah i mean but think about and seinfeld even when we see Elaine in bed. She doesn't wear anything she's sexy. A, she's wears like a huge nightgown. She's like a pioneer woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes. Um, also, yeah, that was like part of the issue is, and maybe Phoebe was going, um, I don't know, maybe asking too much, but wants to know if they've slept together. And Joey says, no. She's like, none of her business but you understand why yeah. and this kind of final scene is like oh well they just slept together and right. this is really bothersome for yeah. Phoebe yeah yeah but again we'll talk more I think about when we get to similarities and differences between the two episodes uh, we'll we'll uh, talk more about how the episode ended um, 
did you notice any running jokes or motifs outside of fat shaming and gay panic fat as usual phobia, that's, the, that's the evergreen um also you know um guest stars lots lots of guest stars and okay. character actors showing up yeah i've um yes i am aware that 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 happens and that was a very um like 90s must-see TV thing because I, as I've said before, I have seen rarely, fairly little Friends, but I've seen every Will and Grace, and Will and Grace also went through a period of like, look, it's it's Madonna, it's, it's the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, let's see, in group romances, you know, which is kind of like an obvious. Of course, there's going right. to be that, but it's a little bit. It almost feels incestuous in a way that Joey is into Ursula, you know, like, whereas Phoebe's like, oh, no, that's Phoebe's, but Ursula, that's sexy. But, like, it's still kind of, like... It's weird. It's weird. But if there's any character I buy it from, it's Joey. That he, like... Because I think he's, like, uh, there's a certain... He operates on a certain, like, animal magnetism type of thing, and maybe he just, like... Ursula has pheromones that Phoebe doesn't or something, and he's just, like, instinctively reacting to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Oh, I did notice, you know, we've always talked about Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, in one of the first scenes, oh, they're, when they're waiting at Riffs for their food to get here, uh-huh. I think one of them says, um, if this were a cartoon, you'd be looking like a ham. <laughs> and of course, uh, it, it brought to mind Kramer as a turkey. As a turkey, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's just me. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Should we move on to How I Met Your Mother, Season 1, Episode 16, Cup- Cupcake? Yeah, let's do that. Why don't I write down the titles? I always think I'm going to remember, and then I, like, doubt myself. You write down the titles. I write down the titles. So I'm just going to toss to you from now on. Okay, yeah. So it's called Cupcake. Okay. Um... And so, yeah, Ted and Victoria's relationship is getting pretty hot and heavy. They're having a great time together. Um, and, uh-oh, she's offered a scholarship, like a baking scholarship in Germany. Yeah. So that kind of throws everything off. And he was A very just, important dessert scholarship. A very important dessert. <laughs> a donut. What is uh, Robin calls it like. No, a, she calls it a dessert scholarship. That's what she but said. But she also calls it in another scene, a, like a donut internship. <laughs> um, That's funny. Which Robin is, funny. is still being very mean at the beginning of this episode. Oh, yeah. I wrote down. Robin being a B to V. (laughs) Um, But anyway, yeah. So she gets a scholarship to a culinary institute in Germany, complicating their relationship. So it's kind of like, should she stay or should she go? Mm -hmm. And um, Ted is obviously like broken up about it. And he's vacillating between, you know, is she my soulmate? Should I try to convince her to stay? Or should I, you know, tell her she should go, obviously. And they both decide that long Long, long distance relationships don't work. Yeah, I've um, never tried one of you. Uh, yes. 
How long distance? Um, London and Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, that's not going to work. But it was like a three-month situation. Oh, so like there was you like were a, going to London for three months. Yeah, and, and there was no agreement that, like, you do your thing, I'll do my thing for three months. So did you guys stay together after the three months? Uh, yeah, it was like off and on. Weird. Okay. It was, yeah. Okay, so would you say that how many mother is right and long-distance relationships don't work? Yes. Okay. I would say that. Um, yeah, I remember, um, um, who's the comedian? Melinda Hill used to have a joke about doing a long-distance relationship because she lives in... What did she say? She lives in Los Feliz and he lives in Culver City. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a very L.A. joke. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no good way to get to Culver City. As someone who had, well, yeah, has multiple PA jobs when I first moved here where I lived in Hollywood and worked in Culver City, it's, it's a nightmare. I don't have any friends on the West Side, <laughs> like, for good reason. <laughs> that um, is essentially a long-distance relationship. It's just yeah. too tough to maintain. It's just too, yeah. Because, I mean, like, think about, I mean mutual friend I guess more from my friend group but our friend Jason like got married and then moved into his new wife's place in Santa Monica and we see him like once a year him. now yeah yeah it's uh, yeah it, it happens it's yeah. uh that's an LA thing yeah um okay so while this is happening um Marshall and Lily are kind of planning for their upcoming nuptials and kind of stressing about money um Lily is going wedding dress shopping and um, Barney convinces Marshall to go to his tailor to get yeah. like a suit. Yeah. Um, so hilarity ensues at the dress shop when um, Lily's like trying on different dresses and they're all kind of silly and cheap looking until, you know, she says like, oh, one of the ones in the window is so beautiful, but the the dress shop owner says like, Oh, that's out of your price range. So that's mm -hmm. obviously rude. Um, she eventually is convinced to like, try it on. And of course it's a perfect dress. Yeah. She falls into this big giant cake that the dress shop, yeah, they, I was give, gonna ask. they give them a wedding cake. Like that's like, never. So when you went dress shopping, there's no cake. Cause involved. you and I are married. Yeah. Uh, if listeners don't know, uh, we got married. Uh, you looked absolutely stunning in your oh. wedding dress. Oh. We literally just celebrated our seventh anniversary. Yeah. What's today? As four days ago, as of this recording. Yeah. Um, so we've been itching for four days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, did you get free champagne when you tried on your wedding dress? Um, no, but I think it's an option, and okay. I think usually someone brings it. Like the dress shop doesn't necessarily. I mean, I'm sure there's some situations that it's like okay. a fancy place. You make a reservation. It's like a whole experience you could yeah. buy. But I think in some cases someone brings some. Yeah. But there was there would never be a full tiered wedding cake yeah. on the table. Well, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna start my own wedding cake place or my own wedding dress place called David's Bridal. <laughs> and we're going huh. to give away all the champagne and, and full-size full chocolate and raspberry, <laughs> raspberry okay. wedding cakes. Good luck staying in business. <laughs> well, at eight to $12,000 a pop. Um, we, found out by the, we found out by the end the dress is $8,000, um, which I was kind of sad that they revealed the specific amount because I, I wrote down to ask you, how much do you think that dress costs? Is that what you would have guessed, eight grand? I never know. I mean, it's all 
totally arbitrary. Honestly, right. like a wedding dress that I think is like gorgeous and beautiful is like 600, whereas like it might also be 60,000. Right. Like I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It could have been. It. It's also impractical that it fit her perfectly, completely. Right off the... Right off the hanger that, that that's yeah. rare. But I think that's... I'm willing to... There are certain buys that uh, I think a fictional story gets for by being fictional. I'm like, I'm willing to buy. That's like the that, perfect dress. That it's the perfect dress. If it's perfectly, yeah, no alterations helps, needed. Yeah, yeah. It helps um, sell the. But yeah, that dress could absolutely be six thousand, eight thousand, mm-hmm. two hundred, a million. Like I honestly, <laughs> it's all just nonsense. Um, but yeah, also like she tries on two ugly ones. One of the ugly ones is a November rain dress. <laughs> I wrote November rain yes, dress right here. because we were just talking about it. So, like, short mini skirt in the front and then a long train in the back. So, uh, uh, the mullet of wedding dresses. Exactly what, uh, you know her name from the November rain video. Steph, what is her name? Stephanie Seymour. Stephanie Seymour. Like, yeah. exactly what she wears. Yeah. That's the first thing I wrote down was November rain yeah. dress. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one was tacky. Um, The other one was also she like couldn't walk or like lift her arm to drink the champagne. She had to like roll up the sleeve of the dress to lift her champagne. I thought that was funny. Yeah. A little bit of physical comedy from Allison Hannigan. Yeah. So while this is happening there, Marshall is trying on suits at um, Barney's Taylor, which is also a, um, a pet store. Yeah. It's in the back of a pet store. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a, one of my favorite lines, but I'll save it. Um, I think I know what it is because okay. it's also mine. Okay, we'll save it for later then. Um, so yeah, um, Marshall gets a suit, and you know Barney convinces him like, oh, it's a third of the price of you know an expensive suit. So he gets it without knowing that it's like four thousand dollars with the discount. Yeah, it's a twelve thousand dollars suit, and it looks good on him. Let's just. Uh, say. I would say for. Um, yeah, the, that cut I think would, is, is good on him. It would become unfashionable in a few years, but fashions come and go. Traditional cuts last a long time. How does this, the price, price wise, uh, I mean, I would never buy a, like, I've never spent more than, I mean, for our wedding, I bought a suit that was like $1,100 and that's like, that's the most I probably will ever spend on a suit unless I become rich uh, somehow. Yeah. I like to buy things like you know, sort of um, secondhand, uh, eBay scour. What were you saying? Have we talked about the like price of my wedding dress? Because mine was twelve hundred. I don't think I've ever asked you. All right. Well, we're learning new things about each other. So our. our approximately the yeah, same. Approximately Although the same. I did have to do alterations, which is like a huge expense. Okay. Um, but we also both had to buy shoes. That was, yeah, yeah my shoes are probably like $200, um, which again, I have, that's the most I've ever spent on shoes. Mm-hmm. I have shoes that are worth more than that, but I'm good at like eBay and thrift shop sure. <laughs> uh, shopping. I have a couple pair of Alden shoes um, or Allen Edmund shoes that probably go for like $400 a, a pair, but I yeah. spent under $100 on them because I uh, have some skill with that the only thing i'll say about marshall's suit and this is just i i don't know why the costumers didn't notice this or fix this the the sleeves are too long okay it's such an easy fix but you should have a half inch or so half inch to an inch of your shirt sleeve should extend past the sleeve of your suit you know last week when we saw like 
Barney's like becoming of Barney mm-hmm. in the Matrix thing, you see him shoot his cuffs. Like right. you see him pull the 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 shirt sleeve so it's past a concept the cuffs. So that it's they're like, aware. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. like the the show clearly knows that the shirt sleeve is supposed to come past the 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 jacket sleeve. Um, so it was weird in the final couple scenes when Marshall's wearing the suit that it was. It just looked like he the tailor hadn't finished that last little bit. Mm-hmm. Just something I noticed. Yeah. Um, okay. So, oh, also Marshall's other kind of story is that he is applying for an unpaid internship at kind of like a ACLU type organization. I didn't. Well, it's the name more of, of it. an environmental law firm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it'll come up time and again that that's his that's his dream is to work in environmental law and like help save the got it the the planet and stuff. Like got that. it. Okay. Which all the more reason for you to find him sexy. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, but you admit that he looked good, right? <laughs> in the suit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, which complicates things even more because Barney sees him in the suit and decides that he wants him to work for his company. Yeah, the company he works for, which is not called Barney Corp. But that's, that's in, in Barney's mind, it, like it all revolves around him. Yeah. So just seeing Marshall in a suit, he wants to hire him. So, you know, he's offering him, you know, tons of money to be able to afford the $4,000 suit in question. Right. Whereas the internship is his dream job, but it's unpaid. So it's another uh, complication. Yeah. Um, so at the end of, so yeah, um, Victoria and Ted go back and forth with if, you know, if she's going to go, if she's going to stay. Um, the final scene I think is them in the airport and they're saying bye to each other. Oh, they do have that, that little segment where, Oh, Greg's doing laundry. Have we said Um, his name before? I think so. Okay. Our neighbor Greg is doing laundry. Yeah. Um, I wonder what he had for lunch, though. Yeah, I know. This is like a fun running joke now on this podcast. <laughs> we talk about Greg. <laughs> um, there's a segment that... Um, Super nice guy, by the way. Oh, yeah. He helped this very table that we're podcasting at. He helped us carry it up from the truck yeah. when we when we picked it up off yeah. of, after off of getting off of Greg's list. So, yeah, Greg's a good guy. We don't want to sound like we're making fun of Greg. No, it's just funny that we can see his comings and goings. Yeah. I don't know why I'm defensive. Yeah. Um, uh, I wonder if he's a listener. <laughs> Oh, God, that would be embarrassing. <laughs> um, let us know, Greg, what, if you're listening to this. What if, like, how, what if he were a listener and hadn't put two and two together that it was us? And he'd be like, oh, this neighbor gets some of the same food deliveries <laughs> I do. And then we, until we mention his name and then right. he helps us at the table and he'd be like, holy shit. It's real sad. Um, so I think it's Marshall that, you know, so... So she agrees to go to Germany. Victoria agrees to go to Germany, and it's it's not like weeks away. It's like Monday. I, I didn't understand this because so far the show has been taking place in at the same time that the episodes have been airing. But there was something about September. Yeah, yeah, it was September tenth, I think. Yeah, so that's weird. Like uh, I felt I felt like the show had been like you know because they had like a halloween episode and a thanksgiving episode so i felt like like it's clearly the case on friends it's clearly march and it aired in march i would have assumed it was march on how i met your mother too right yeah but that's that was weird i mean this is another like suspend your disbelief moment like you don't get offered a full two-year you know dessert inter- scholarship. yeah dessert scholarship <laughs> uh donut diploma um <laughs> 
that leaves on Monday, you know, even yeah. that week. That just is pretty absurd. Um, so, yeah, instead, uh, so he was kind of like, okay, we're going to break up. Um, I don't really want to see her. It's just going to be so sad. And I think Marshall convinces him that they should spend you know like a wonderful day together because if you knew you were going to lose your leg (laughs) you would like jump and run and do some awesome air awesome air kicks before your leg gets chopped off yeah so um and i liked victoria's like questioning of like if your leg is healthy enough to do awesome air kicks one day why is it sick enough to get cut off the next day yeah but she likes the idea of you know doing everything that they talked about doing which is really sweet like go to the museum go to restaurants walk across yeah but they end up just having sex all day which is fun for both of them um but yeah it's kind of sweet and then the final scene at the airport yeah am i wrong um they're saying goodbye to each other um but then at the last minute um ted says like let's let's do the long distance thing and she agrees yeah because well the the funny earlier before um when they met at a different like restaurant or whatever they had both shown up she was she showed up intending to say she was going to stay he showed up intending to tell her that she should go. And then they both at the last minute Switched. changed their minds. Yeah. That was a, a, yeah. a sad scene. And I wish that more was done with the idea that, um, when they were like deciding about the decision, you know, he says to her, I think you should stay. And that was, it should have been more eye opening, Like, what kind of person are you that we've only been dating a few months and you're willing to say that to me? Like that's more telling than anything about the kind of person that Ted would be as a partner. Remember he told Robin, he loved her on their first date. He's, uh, he's got problems, this guy. And I, yeah, I wrote like all my notes are like, don't do it, Ted. Of course he did it. The asshole. (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't ask her to stay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've got a few things that uh, that came up. Yeah. For me, I don't know if you have any more. I have some more stray observations. No, yeah. Give me your tra- trademark. Theavclub.com. By the way, oh, right, that's where right, I get stray observations from. Yeah. But anyway, uh, speaking of Germany, do you remember when you and I went to Germany? Uh, no. Oh. When was no? Yeah. Oh. We went to Berlin um, and Prague for like a week and a half. Yeah. Uh, in 2018, it was super fun. Great fun. Did you meet any German guys that you would let bread your schnitzel any day? <laughs> <laughs> that's what Robin says. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> Which I don't know if that's is like, I'm sure there's plenty of handsome German men, but like, that's not a stereotype that like, oh, there's a lot of like hot men in Germany, right? That's just uh, Robin trying to like push or as, as, uh, what is Lily accuser of doing? Trying to like, hustle her onto a plane to yeah. to Europe or yeah. whatever. Um, okay. Uh, so I thought about that. What did you think of the Gabrielle story, which we hear from both Marshall and Lily from Lily? Oh, I thought that was kind of like a throwaway. I thought that was going to come back. I mean, it did. Yeah. Marshall told it and then Lily told it and it was like a totally di- different. Yeah. But I thought that she was going, I thought it was going to be more of like a, like a dramatic, like when she, once she finds out that that's why she didn't have any friends was because Marshall. Oh. Eh, maybe she will. I don't think she will. I think it was just 
a joke that I thought was like Marshall threatened who he, he thought was a, a threat, like a creepy dude, a creepy little German, little French guy. Right, but it was Lily's only friend who was not who a, was a who female was a who had girl. like an unfortunate tiny mustache. Yeah, I feel bad for Gabrielle. Um, but yeah. I do like the, it's very How I Met Your Mother to hear like a Gabriel story versus Gabrielle. But it's very How I Met Your Mother to hear a story Two once sides. and then hear the other, like hear more of it later. That's yeah. that's very much how they structure or different things. perspectives to the same reality. Yes. Um, speaking of you, um, uh, or, or like as a as a mirror of you saying Marshall looks good in his suit. Mm-hmm. Um, Victoria comes to the correct realization that Robin is the coolest. Robin mm-hmm. is the coolest. That's yeah. what I, that's what I wrote. Robin is the coolest. Um, uh, and then I liked. Uh, maybe this should go into. Actually, maybe I'll hold this for running for motifs. Actually, never mind. So okay. the, those are my only stray observations. Um, I think you get to take the lead on funniest moment. Oh, okay. Well, this was a Barney quote about. Um, <laughs> The tailor slash pet stores. Do you want a quality suit and a free rabbit? Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, that's that was the first one I uh, wrote down. But predicting that you would put it, I have a, a couple more. I liked um, Barney's picking the fabric himself. And Marshall's like, shouldn't I have a say? And Barney's like, here, play with this pin cushion. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. But I think the funniest part, again, speaking of the suit, well, the first time we see Marshall in the new suit, Ted's like spilling his guts about how like conflicted he is about everything, and Marshall is just like really dramatically like yeah. doing sexy poses in the yeah. little kitchen in the suit. Yeah. That might actually be my favorite, like the funniest yeah. single said, moment yes, of the episode. I, I've noticed your suit. <laughs> um, also, like if you bought like a suit, like would you like just wear it around casually, like wear it around the apartment? I know he's like that's his like job interview and. Uh, and, and potentially wedding yeah. suit. And here he is like carrying two full steins of beer. Yeah. Um, I also loved the, um, awesome air kicks. Awesome air kicks. Yeah. That kept coming up. Yeah. How about how I met your mother, but make it fashion. What, what are your, well, we discussed nominees? the November rain dress. <laughs> dress. Yeah. Um, Marshall looking damn good. And that's all I had. I had the, the thing I liked is in the first, um, the first time we see Lily when Robin is being mean to Victoria and Lily is yeah. like saying like, you need to let it go. Like Ted's into him. She's into Ted. You had your chance or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I guess I, I just like, uh, and maybe just a holdover from me still thinking about was a hand again a little bit as Willow. Mm-hmm. I like when she's in bright colors and in that she was wearing like a, I don't know if it was a top or a dress cause she was sitting down, but it was like a very hippie ish dress. And then she had like a, like a light blue cardigan over it. It was just very colorful. And I think, I just think, Bright colors on Allison Hannigan looks yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, I only noticed this because you mentioned it last week, multiple sparkly tops on Victoria. So, yes. The first time we see her, she has like a double, like a sparkle sparkly on sparkle. Sparkly and sparkly tank top underneath. Yeah. Cam- cami, sparkly, sparkly cami. <laughs> yeah. And then um, when they're like getting ready to have their like great New York day at McLaren's, they're planning it all. Another sparkles. like sparkly sparkly top I wouldn't have noticed that you hadn't pointed it out last week uh, now I can talk about multiple running jokes and motifs here in this episode um, yeah just a few I noted okay. um, well Robin being a B to V 
<laughs> but that's kind of new. I don't know if it's a... Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of like long-term things. Um, Barney's drinking a Red Bull. Did you catch that? Oh, that's... I completely forgot. The thing... The whole point... I told you the story about our listener, Yuhani, um, telling us about Neil Patrick Harris being rude about Jason Mewes. The whole point of that email or that comment, which I forgot, was that apparently in real life at the time, at least, no Patrick Harris was like a two Red Bull a day guy. So apparently that's like Chandler's Blue Jays hat. Uh It's like a carryover from his actual life. That no Patrick Harris, at least at the time, was actually a big Red Bull guy. That's a fun bit of trivia. Um... So I'll, I'll point out um, a couple of Barney things. Once again, we get the Barney thing of we don't understand what his job is. The show is intentionally yes, vague yes. about what his job is. Uh, in the realm of te- uh, teasing future things, um, Barney will change tailors at some point. He will have a different tailor uh, played by a guest star that will delight you, I think. Um, and then I also, this was, I was going to say in, my, in the observations, but um, uh, something that is kind of a, a, a motif, the idea of we see something different than what future Ted is telling his kids. Cause future Ted tells his kids that they did have that great New York day right. while we're seeing them rolling around in bed all day. Right. That's, so that's kind of a running oh, thing. I didn't clock that, but that's interesting. Yeah. Um, it just occurred to me now that Barney Corp <laughs> is Comerica Industries. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, he I needs an intern like that. Darren. I could have saved that for similarities because they're both, you know, making nods uh, to Seinfeld. Yeah, uh, intentionally or unintentionally. Yes, it yes. could just be us being like huge Seinfeld addicts yes, that we're just yes. see Seinfeld and everything. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's move on to general similarities and, and, okay. and differences. Um, um, <laughs> both episodes had references to monkeys. <laughs> Because one of the things on their New York day was to see, see monkeys, monkeys at the, the Central Park Zoo. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, but in a, in a more, more specific way, uh, both episodes featured what you might like in a corny way called like life events. Mm-hmm. Like Ross is preparing for the birth of his first child. Mm-hmm. Marshall and Lily are preparing for their wedding. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw any differences in how that played out but um uh i would say there were there was something the oh and another fashion woman actually but um lily and legal's trying on dresses felt like most realistic in terms of just the dynamic like I, again we talked about you're not going to get a full ass wedding cake yeah but just like the dynamic felt real the Lamaze class on Friends felt a little stagey, yeah. and then Marshall's trip to the tailor felt just absurd. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I almost completely f- passed over a fashion moment. The dress that Lily is wearing to her fitting-hmm it's a green dress okay and the only thing I only reason it stands out to me is because I've reached recently as you know been re-watching Hannibal and it looked exactly like something the character Alana Bloom wears on Hannibal it's oh. um, uh, on on Lily's dress the the pattern goes 
it's the not whole a dress, thing. it's a skirt and top. On Lily, it was a dress. Oh, I see. But, I see. but, but if, if you basically took Alana's like skirt and turned, like had it go all the way up to be a dress, sure. it would be incredibly similar yeah. to what Lily wears. I, yeah, good uh, catch. But only because I've just been watching uh, Hannibal. So anyway. Um, I noted a similarity. Yeah. Um, and maybe you'll disagree, but uh, jingoism? <laughs> so uh, tell me how. How I Met Your Mother with like the european stereotypes okay yeah. okay so it's um okay that's more xenophobia than xenophobia okay. yeah xenophobia um you know that would be crazy to move to germany they're making fun of germans a lot they're making fun of the S- serbian tailor right um, and the weird french guy who turned out to be making fun of woman. the weird french guy um and then, of course, in Friends, just, like, the the joke of the Spanish TV. And I don't know if that says anything about the character's xenophobia. But it was just kind of, like, it continues to be a joke. Whereas, like, the first time, it's like, oh, that's funny to get... But to continue to go back to that well, it just makes yeah. them look just... Yeah. Know. It's that I, the same irony that we had in the first episode when they're ironically watching like Telemundo or whatever. Right. It's uh, yeah, there is an othering to it that I don't like. Yeah, yeah, and I thought it was interesting because they were like they were eating Chinese food with chopsticks and like they didn't like which is fine. They live in New York, of course. Like Chinese food yeah. is delicious, but like it just was like oh, these are like six very white people you know making fun of spanish tv while eating chinese food it was just kind of an eye-opener for me i we talked before about that you growing up in los angeles where sushi was not like a weird thing yeah um you knew how to use chopsticks from a young age right Yes. yes i don't think i learned how to use chopsticks until i was in college and then I once I figured it out I like wanted to do it all the time to the point where I was one of those <laughs> I was one of those white people who would ask for chopsticks at a Thai restaurant which is like not right They're it's like, not we don't actually, what they do yeah. but Thai restaurants generally will have chopsticks for clueless for that, white people right. like me kind of like a Asian fusion and you know some of those places are Asian fusion but there's they, a lot of Thai Chinese that's yes, true yeah yes. so that, that's true there's a reason they have chopsticks but um, I was still like I want to use chopsticks for everything, yeah. which I, I like when we watch Chopped now that like Jeffrey yeah. Zakarian, especially a lot of the judges, but Jeffrey Zakarian especially always eats with chopsticks to like help him judge individual elements yes. of the dish. Which I like, I would probably use chopsticks more often, like with pasta or, you know, I think or, it's well, like the, a, or the way you eat a sandwich, which is to take it apart and turn it into a salad. You can just chopstick your way through a yeah. salad. Yeah. I can't eat a sandwich. It's too much. <laughs> it's too much for one bite. I got to take it apart divide and conquer is how I do sandwiches. Uh, the last thing that really stuck out to me in terms of similarities and differences was the to be continued. I don't know if we ever get, <gasps> Oh yeah. 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 I mean, there's, um, there's a somewhat famous, how I met your mother, like season ending cliffhanger, but I don't know if it actually says to be continued because I wonder if how I met your mother, you know, comes out during whatever you want to call that, like, the new golden age of television that sort of got kicked off by the Sopranos and, and stuff like that. And I wonder if audiences just came to like expect serialization, mm-hmm. you know, cause plenty of how many other episodes are ongoing stories and on a cliffhanger, right. like, like this one kind of ends with like a, um, we are going to do the long distance thing. And then 
future Ted being like, it didn't work, but more on that later. So I, I like the idea of the to be continued thing feels, I don't know if TV shows still do it. It feels very nineties or eighties and eighties and seventies. Like it feels like an yeah. older, like, Oh, this one's a two parter. Whereas now the way that I think viewers have been conditioned to approach TV is that, well, everything's a multi-parter, right? Everything but leads this into is, the next. This is very much like appointment television. Friends. And How I Met Your Mother. And How I Met Your Mother, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I remember Friends was like, you know, prime Thursday night, you know. So I think it was just like a a mechanism to get more viewers. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, I, yeah, we haven't really looked up the ratings. Um, That's not really how I tend to think, but... It yeah. just occurred to me that um, Friends also ended in a literal cliffhanger all right uh balcony <laughs> hanger balcony yeah hanger. that's true well let's move on to uh playing favorites i liked your idea of counting down okay yes um i'll say this is a um a tough one because there are things i liked and disliked about both episodes same so let's do it you okay. count it count us down three two one friends, friends. <gasps> yeah is as much as I thought all three of the men on Friends were being monstrous, awful this yep. episode. A, I laughed more at Friends than How Many Mother this Me week. Me too. And B, I really liked Lisa Kudrow's performance yes. as as Phoebe. Like I really felt that her um, her hurt around her sister was not just like a, a sitcom like ploy. Right. The the way I felt earlier this season about. Chandler's relationship to his mother. It was like, I don't buy it. I, right. This seems like it's right. contrived for the sitcom. I buy that Phoebe has a lot of unresolved yeah. shit with, with Ursula. Yeah. I, I, so that, that, that's what put it over the top for me. I think. Absolutely. And I, you know, even when a scene didn't really require much of her, she was kind of in the background, like solemn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was just like, Oh, the, she's yeah. Very much impacted by this. Yeah. yeah we would discuss that already. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting because I, I I think I've realized that I think of Monica and Phoebe in two different ways, but as both being very competent, like independent people. Rachel's the one who like doesn't know how to do shit, and she's, she's the one who usually needs some job. help. But here was Phoebe being like vulnerable, vulnerable. and not knowing yeah. what to what to do. Yeah, yep. so that was uh, we both picked the same favorite episode. Um, let's move on to my favorite segment mm-hmm. to introduce. Where's that? It's called, How Were We Doing? <laughs> and this is where we look at the headlines, things that were going on in the world in the days these episodes aired. So um, Friends, season one, episode 16, the one with two parts, part one, aired on February 23rd, 1995. And uh, the, uh, the Dow Jones closed above 4,000 for the first time ever. I don't care. Yeah, never care. Even never now will. that I like yeah. have a four hundred one k, I don't. Nope. I don't care. There's like not for me. I think what we've what we've learned, especially I think the pandemic has really thrown into into relief, is the idea that like the stock market isn't actually the economy. It's right. not the same. Like it doesn't mean like oh the Dow Jones is doing well. That must mean people all over are doing well. Right. But we had at the beginning of the pandemic people losing their jobs by scads. Right. And the stock market going up right. so it, it's just it really like i think clarified that there are there are two economies essentially yeah. there's the 
stock market market economy and the real people, real economy. Yeah. I don't want to say real people. Stockbrokers are real people too. They're human beings. Yeah. But and the, Amazon Amazon is going to strive and thrive when people right, are right. hurting the most. Right. Yeah. That's true. That's something else we saw. Um, so um, yeah, nothing new on the top five songs unfortunately madonna take a bow tlc creep boys to men on bended knee real mccoy another night another night another day. Uh, <laughs> i have to sing it every time uh and brandy baby okay so those yeah. are the top five songs in the u.s on february 23rd 1995 um oh i haven't clicked oh Life Magazine's cover... I haven't done magazine covers. There's so much fun stuff here. Life Magazine's cover was, Why Are We Fat? Oh, no. <laughs> Hold on, I'm trying to see if I can get... Uh, uh, yeah, you've got, like, a close-up of someone, like, pinching wow. their, like, belly fat or, like... So, hip. fat phobia is just going on throughout the, throughout the nation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so... Wow, I, magazine color covers is a new thing that we can add to that's, this if, yeah, we, that's fine. if we want to. Uh, let's see. Monday, March 6th, 2006 is the day that How I Met Your Mother Season 1, Episode 16, Cupcake, aired. Um, why didn't they? They should have named the episode Dessert Scholarship or, or Donut Internship. Yeah. Th- those are both, uh, both, both better names. Um, so here, uh, some serious shit. A couple of things that actually... Um, we're weirdly topical for us these days uh, in, in serious terms. Well, real quick, the cupcake was symbolic. But what did it symbolize? Their relationship. I feel like that's too vague. Because they tried, they tried to make it. Because, like, when they were, like, together cooking, they, they fucked he, up. The, he couldn't make he a couldn't, cupcake. He couldn't she, make a but cupcake. But she made a cupcake all on her own. Yeah. Which didn't look that appetizing. Maybe I'm just not a cupcake guy. It looked good. Okay. I don't I mean I just don't like but it. But anyway, okay. Okay, so some uh real life things that happened on Monday. What did I say? Mar- Monday, March 6th, 2006. The sen- the sentencing hearing of Zacharias Musawi, the only person indicted in the US for a direct role in the 9/11 attacks has opened in Virginia. Oh wow. We we just passed the 20th anniversary yeah. of of September 11th, so this has been very much on our uh on our minds yeah. of, of of late. Uh and then another thing that happened on Monday, March 6th, 2006, the outbreak of the avian flu. Mm. Poland confirms first outbreak of H5N1, the bird flu virus, in two wild swans. Mm. But, uh, um, yeah, luckily for us in America, that didn't really uh, uh, spread over here, but still uh, it was maybe foolhardy of us to ever think we were safe because, like, just because we avoided... SARS and avian flu for the most part. H1N1 and wait, what is it? H5N1 is the avian. H1N1 was the swine. Is that right? That sounds right. Um, Wow. After debuting or after after coming into the number five at number five last week, James Blunt's "You're Beautiful" is now number one, (laughs) the number one song in the U.S. Uh, Then Beyonce's "Check on It" still. Sean Paul's "Temperature." No. What what's what's going on? It's like. You and I just both weren't paying attention, we weren't I guess. Paying attention to, uh, yeah. Nelly Grills and Mary J. Blige, Be Without You. These are the the songs. And let's see if there's any... Um, uh, Life Magazine on this day had 
one of those oh it, the link's broken <laughs> so never Darn mind it. it had one of those things where it makes a picture out of a bunch of little pictures but i can't oh. i can't get the big picture the link's broken so i can only show you that tiny little okay uh thumbnail there is it it's marilyn Monroe. it looks like marilyn monroe yeah. but i'm trying to see why i don't know but the because the link's broken all right well um that brings us to our final segment which i like to call challenge accepted <laughs> in which we <laughs> predict what happens on next week's episodes based only on the episode titles uh, but first we have to revisit our challenges or our predictions rather the challenges we accepted last week so i said that ross and rachel kiss yeah i was wrong you're way off uh, um yeah joey and ursula kiss I mean, the only people kissing in this episode well no we chandler and nina kiss yeah that's true um but you predicted that cupcake would be a nickname that ted gives to victoria and she doesn't like so i think we both yeah we're we both, both whipped it on this one um but i feel i have i, I feel like the this time i have i want to say i could totally fuck this up but i feel like i have kind of a layup here. because of the kiss or because of a because romance? of it to be continued yeah so i'm gonna say my prediction for Friends Season 1, Episode 17, the one with two parts, Part 2, is uh, Phoebe and Ursula make up. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Phoebe and Ursula. Oh, predictive text doesn't know the name Ursula. Uh, make really? up. I guess. And. Uh, I wonder if mine does. <laughs> Listeners, yeah. I'm going to check right now. Um, I don't mean it. It didn't say it was a misspelling. It just said it just didn't like. I had like U R S U L, and it didn't say like urgent. Do you mean Ursa? Ursine. <laughs> Ursine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So your prediction or your uh, challenge, the challenge you're going to have to accept is to predict what happens on the next week in the next episode of How I Met Your Mother, season one, episode 17, which is called. Life Among the Gorillas. Life Among the Gorillas? Life Among the Gorillas. Okay. So, well, I'm going to take this way literal. Oh, okay. Um, but maybe Ted is depressed and because Victoria okay. leaves. So he does the things that they said they were going to do. Okay. And so he actually does go to Central Park Zoo. Oh, okay. Ted goes to, I'm going to say the zoo. It could be any zoo. Yeah. Ted I'm goes assuming to the they're zoo talking about Central Park Zoo, though. Because he's, but you and I, uh, we haven't only been to Germany together. We've been to New York together. Mm-hmm. And we went to Central Park Zoo. Mm-hmm. It's a smaller zoo. I know they have yeah. little monkeys. I'm trying to think if they have... Maybe they don't have gorillas. Had gorillas. The biggest thing I remember, they had a, pol- a polar bear. A polar bear. Polar bear. <laughs> um, which we saw swimming. And you could see it like... Yeah. Because you could stand below and like in the water. Yeah, and you could see the under part of the polar bear, polar bear swimming. But then you remember we like m- met up with a friend of mine... Like I, I had a friend in New York. I met up with a friend and she like introduced us to her boyfriend... And we were, like, saying what we did that day, like, oh, we went to the Central Park Zoo, and he was like, it's kind of for kids, isn't it? He was, like... Rude. He was, he was a rude guy. She's like, not with him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's very funny. That was our very first trip together. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then he also like we went to a bar and then he was like uh i don't know he was trying to give us like a real new york experience he was like let's go to a diner after the bar like you don't have diners like this in los angeles (laughs) he's like a weird rude guy yeah yeah (laughs) we care for him all right well um that was uh i have more shit to talk about like we knew him for two days and i have other things that i could say uh, he really got on my nerves um, once we're done we could talk about it yeah um but that's that's it for this episode of the one where i met your mother we we did it we talked about seasons one episodes 16 of both shows uh next week we'll talk about season one episode 17 as we as we as we talked about uh you can email us at the one where i met your mother at gmail.com you can also uh send me tweets at davy pretension and you can comment on the show and find posts for past episodes at battleship pretension.com battleship pretension.com is where also where you can find my other podcast battleship pretension and the movie reviews and stuff that i write there um natalie you remain uh, a mystery on social media yes no one can find you no don't come find me don't come don't come for natalie yeah um or i'll take you aside like marshall did to gabrielle (laughs) (laughs) so you stay away yeah uh so i guess that's it so uh until next time catch us at the finger hut (laughs) 